You're listening to a podcast hosted on the Podcast Matrix. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at whatisthepodcastmatrix.com. When you hear the words, Friday the 13th, what do you think of? While most will recollect a certain impossible-to-be-killed masked individual bearing sharp weapons of all kinds, there's another Friday the 13th that deserves attention. In 1987, Friday the 13th, the series, created a rich tapestry of completely original storytelling. Based on a series of curious, devilishly enchanted objects that must be recovered and returned to the vault to prevent truly dark fates from befalling their owners. This is the detailed revisit and review of the adventures of their reacquisition. Episode by episode. You won't find any hockey masks here. This is the Curious Goods Podcast from Two Guys Talking Horror. The Chinese culture is a varied and curious thing. In it are the barbs of tattoo needles that bring artists' renderings to life. Inside this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and an educational detailing of each episode of Friday the 13th, the series, tattoos really do come to life after being drawn by a would-be murderer to secure luck in their games of chance, whatever they may be. From ornate Chinese gambling games to Russian roulette, the stakes have never been higher than inside this episode. It's time for the review of Season 1, Episode 16, Tattoo. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Some quick housekeeping. Maximizing your podcast promotion. Nick, another service that I found out we've got via the Podcaster Matrix hosting stuff that we're involved with now is promotion of our actual podcast episodes. We've got some more great listeners thanks to it. I want everybody to go check it out over at maximize.podcastermatrix.com where not only all of our episodes, but all of the episodes that are inside of the appropriate packages are promoted inside of a line of podcast promotion. Check it all out over at maximize.podcastermatrix.com. It's great stuff. Nick, that's all I got inside of housekeeping. Exciting. Let's get straight to the retelling of this episode of Friday the 13th, the series, Season 1, Episode 16. Tattoo. Tommy is having some bad luck while gaming in an incredibly ornate Chinese gambling game. Yes. He's having some bad luck. And as he finishes the game and loses big, he's met by a loan shark who tells him that he wants his money and that he has 24 hours to pay back every penny or he's going to lose some fingers. That's right. Chinese Harvey Keitel is not messing around here. No, he's not. Neither is his bodyguard wearing a jacket for six people. As Tommy's heading home, he spies the same dude that beat him inside the ornate Chinese gambling game, putting a tattoo on a lady who is tied to the rafters downstairs in the basement. Yeah, you think it, maybe he stumbled on some weird sex game, but no, it's, it's tattooing a woman against her will. Right. He's drawing a tattoo of this large, ornate beetle with a giant stinger on it. And apparently, 
the needles are magic because the tattoo comes to life and stings the woman to death. And by killing her, evidently gives this gambler guy incredible luck. Who then goes and scores more money upstairs in the incredibly ornate gambling game. Yep. It's a vicious cycle. Thereby causing Tommy to be incredibly jealous of him. So much so... Murder. Tommy tracks the big winner from the Chinese gambling game and kills him with a knife and steals the money, but also the needles inside the black box. Tommy runs home to visit with his grandfather, who is now once again whining about Tommy's promises and lack of follow-through in life. Seems that uh, Tommy is a big disappointment, very much like his father. Right. Because both he and his sister are living with Grandpa. Right, right. The grandfather knows that Tommy is fruit that is rotting on the branch. Back at the Curious Good Shop, our three heroes get a call about tattoo needles from the grandfather. He wants to provide the needles back to them, but the phone goes dead. Tommy and Grandpa have an argument, and Tommy pops Grandpa out of the bean brain. Taking the needles and leaving the house. Time for opium! Tommy heads down to the local opium emporium den, place of ill repute, and draws on an opium whore with the needles. He draws a tarantula. Then heads off to go gamble some more. Right, because eventually he'll have some more great luck. Meanwhile, back at the grandfather's house, Ryan, Jack, and Mickey show up, but Grandfather's got nothing for him. The needles are gone. I don't want to talk about it. You must leave now. Eventually, the girl gets bit by the spider, and Tommy is making fat stacks of cash and heads home to share his ill-gotten gains with his grandfather. But he wants nothing to do with it. Mickey gets some details from the sister of where Tommy gambles. Ryan tells Tommy to the gambling den yet again, and Tommy tells one of his buddies, nameless Chinese guy number three, <laughs> that, uh, hey, my luck is all due to these new tattoo needles I've got. Come here, I'll show you. Tommy lures his not very much of a buddy down into the bowels of the gambling den and puts a weird, scaly, monstrous hand tattoo on his chest. Tommy tells his buddy, who stay down here, let the tattoo dry, then you can come up and get your get your luck magic going. <laughs> Tommy heads back upstairs because he's going to, you know, win some more fat stacks of cash in this weird gambling game that they're doing. And Ryan, still creeping around, stumbles upon the original first victim of the episode, the, <laughs> the, the, the poor female that had the weird bug drawn on her, mm -hmm. which causes him to gasp and lose his hiding spot, exposing himself to not Tommy's buddy with, with, the, the, new new with the new tattoo hand, on Hand tattoo on yeah, his with chest. With a new tattoo, right. evil, scaly hand tattoo on his chest. Sadly, I, I want to call it a, uh, a, a mixture of cultures and maybe a, a moment of being lost in translation, but uh, this guy does not like Ryan snooping around in uh, the gambling den, so there's some kung fu fighting that happens. Mm -hmm. But the kung fu fighting is interrupted suddenly. And not inviting. By the coming to life of tattoo of scaly monster hand that chokes slash slashes the throat of, of this poor victim right in front of Ryan. Which then allows Tommy to get even more fat stacks of cash upstairs. 
But sadly, even though Tommy wins the money because of the cursed object, the people who own the gambling place take the money and say, you can't play here because you have to be cheating. You can't win 11 hands in a row if you're not cheating. So there seems to be a little bit of wiggle room in this tattoo somebody, it comes to life, it kills them, and you get luck. So now that Tommy is penniless yet again, he's doing everything that he can to try to get some money. He steals some, some more stuff from his grandfather. He's calling all over town trying to find a game to play just, just so he can get a, the ball rolling. And sadly, nobody wants to let him play. He has to call Mr. Loan Shark, Chinese Harvey Keitel, and say... I'll do whatever you say, sir, but I, I nobody's let me gamble, so I can't get you any money. Thankfully, Chinese Harvey Keitel has got a great opportunity for him, and he sends him on to this mysterious address so that Tommy can have the opportunity of a lifetime. Our trio shows up to save Tommy's bacon. Unfortunately, they are taken hostage by Chinese Harvey Keitel yeah, he's and his big-ass bodyguard. Yeah, the- right. He, he evidently has, uh, the word on the street in Chinatown is, uh, well, you've been following my boy, and he's off to serve his purpose. So we're going to put you uh, in this little storage closet. Right, right. Filled with fireworks. Right. So, of course, that's how our <laughs> intrepid heroes <laughs> escape from the clutches of danger, is by fireworks. Right. And I don't know if that's brilliant or culturally insensitive. <laughs> I think it's a little bit of both. <laughs> Anyway, the sister goes to check on Tommy's general overall value of life. She has unfortunately taken victim. Yes. Tommy can't have it anymore. He's just he's just at his he's at the end of his rope, so it doesn't matter who's gotta die, he has to have the luck. Right. Grabs his sister, ties her up, and begins drawing an, an ornate tattoo on her. Grandpa finally reconnects with Jack and Mickey, giving them a healing needle. Not a tattoo needle. No. A healing needle. A, a general healing needle. Generations of Asterisk. their family. Right, to combat the evil needles of the world. Well, thank God for that. Tommy finally arrives at the next big ultimate game thing. It's a game of Russian roulette. He thinks he's a shoe in because he has tattooed his sister, so he has absolutely no fear when it comes to playing this game. Mickey is keeping an eye on Tommy while Jack and Ryan have tried to tra- are trying to track down Tommy's sister. Mm-hmm. They stumble across her with a <gasps> deadly poisonous snake. It's a coral snake. Ooh, most deadly. Most deadly. Now, how are we going to stop this snake? I mean, one move from Tommy's sister or Ryan or Jack, I mean, getting close, it, it could strike at any time. What are we going to do? Jack takes the needle given to him by Tommy's grandfather, takes a straw, and creates a makeshift blowgun. Uses the needle and blow darts the snake, killing the snake. However, back at the table where Tommy is pulling the final round in the final chamber of the gun during Russian roulette, nothing good happens. He blows his head off and dies. Allowing Mickey a chance to grab the tattoo needles making the item recovered to cap off the episode tommy's grandfather and sister show up at the curious goods antique shop and offer the healing needle to jack as a gift for saving his granddaughter and everybody lives happily ever after until the next episode 
each episode of Friday the 13th is filled with goods and also pieces that needed polish. Here are the goods. A different look at a different culture. Nick and I are partially kidding about the Chinese gambling game that neither of us are at all familiar with. Like, no, yeah, nothing. I'm, yeah, Zero. I've, I've never really seen it. Yeah, I think we may have seen it in in the background of some other movie possibly, thing. Possibly, very possibly. But I'm completely unfamiliar with, like, I, I wish I could go, oh, that's Kino. But that's not Kino. I don't know what the hell that yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could, I wish it was as simple as Chinese dominoes. Because it looked like the tiles were similar to dominoes. Yeah, but didn't we but see cards th- too? I thought there were cards also. Well, I mean, they were playing different. I'm sure they were different games in that yeah. that gambling den. Yeah, you know, because you know, it's basically basically a Chinese casino. Yeah, got a whole bunch of different games going on. Yeah. The the great thing about this though is that it is giving us a peek inside of another culture. Yeah. Well, sure, it's the gambling side, but it is uh, this entire episode takes place in Chinatown mm-hmm. of whatever city. Friday the 13th, the series takes takes place. In Canada. It, well, we don't want to say it's Canada, but yes, it's Chinatown, in Canada. Canada. And it's not something that we've actually gotten to see in any of the earlier episodes. It's, uh, this is one of our first opportunities to where the writers slash, you know, showmakers have actually given us an inside look into another culture. Yeah. I think the closest thing might be when they had a, uh, an episode based inside of the monastery. Where yeah. you're given the, the the culture of religion as a as a wide right. dome. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think that's the closest thing yeah. we could compare yeah. this episode to. Yeah. yeah, this was very good, and again, all of it looked really, really good. If this were done today, there would have been a lot more subtitled when it was just the Chinese actors on on camera. I f- I feel that 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 would be how it would be done today. Mm-hmm. A lot of subtitles, which is good. I mean, mm-hmm. you you want to get yeah, the I'd be flavor, fine. yeah, that sec- of the this, culture, yeah, the secret knowledge that subtitles deliver, especially in a case like this. Mm. I love that. It adds a it adds a layer of curiosity into a into a project like this. One. Right, yeah, right. I think I that's the only thing that this was lacking, where showing the Chinese culture uh, yeah. is concerned. I think that might also just be a timing thing because bah, yeah. back in the eighties, subtitles were death. Mm-hmm. There's no no question. Tattoo transformations from drawing to real life. Special effects like this, especially back in the late 80s, were traditionally either really, really, really good, Mm -hmm. or they were really, really, really train wreck. Especially on a television show. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and for for as ornate a platform as what we saw, i.e. look at the drawing on somebody coming to life, and for as short as they were. I thought they were really, really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's it's one of those things to where the transition from static image to animated, and it was an actual an, a handful of seconds of animation, and then transformation into solid physical form. Yeah. So the, again, this to give everyone a sample: the tarantula, for yeah. example, drawn, then the tarantula essentially walking. While on somebody's body as a line drawing mm-hmm. to then a real tarantula right. crawling up a body. Right. That's what we're talking about. Handled expertly in this episode. Unlike past episodes, my, a big ding for me 
was the uh, the episode uh, Tales of the Undead, mm-hmm. the transformation of human to the robot character from Tales of the Undead was done very cheaply. Yeah, and we talked about that well, in that episode. Yeah. And, well, it looked cheap it looked too. Cheap. Yeah, this was seamless. Yeah, and, I, and and it really enhanced the magic of what this cursed item actually could yeah. do. A fully enveloped villain. This is tremendous because very much like our most recent episode, the review of episode 15, Vanity's Mirror, inside of that, you have a villain that is, the switch has been thrown. Yeah. And we absolutely have that inside of this where Tommy's already had the twisted, sordid life that has apparently been bestowed by having family ties to being inside of a very twisted life realm. Mm-hmm. And that continues. The difference is that the switch is completely flipped here when he not only puts his his own family in peril because he's got everything there inside of the house, yeah. but then he also literally puts his sister inside of the cone of you're going to die. And that's it. You, the, the switch has been thrown. There is no There is no coming back from that. Right. It's something that we've actually been talking about quite a bit now when we review the show Mm -hmm. is the development of the villain, especially when the cursed item is inserted into the story. We learn that Tommy is a compulsive gambler, but he's been doing all this gambling to try to help support his grandfather and his sister. Okay, so then you think... Try, doing something bad for a good reason. Mm-hmm. We, we the storytelling that storytelling one hundred and one, no big deal. But then it takes a turn because once he finds out about the tattoo needles, I mean, it's just straight to murder. Yeah, just mur- straight up. You draw somebody, the they're gonna die. I mean, it's it's one to one. But it's, it's just, one. but it's still murdering the guy that owns the the needles first. Yeah. you know, stabbing him in the back, mm-hmm. just killing him and robbing him, mm-hmm. and then knowing that okay, well, to be lucky, I have to keep on killing people. That is a a giant jump for a man, a character who is now at the end of the time has run up. You know, we we joke about Chinese Harvey Keitel, the the loan shark. Loan sharks don't mess around. Right. When it's time to pay, it's time, time to, pay. to pay. Now right. now of course, if you're dead, they can't you can't pay. You don't have to be dead to wish you were dead. They were already talking about chopping off thumbs, mm-hmm. and I'm, there are plenty of other parts on your body that you can have taken away from you and still, quote unquote, live. Mm-hmm. Now knowing that it's his life on the line, all bets are off, mm-hmm. and he will kill whoever he has to. And it progresses to the point to where, yeah, I'm going to kill my sister now because I have to win big. It's my life or hers. Mm-hmm. And a character study like that shoved into a 44-minute episode, I think, you know, had this been a movie, movie length, an hour and a half, we could have seen more darkness from Tommy, maybe getting a little bit more background of maybe about uh, who his father was and why he was such a disappointment to his grandfather and, and, and everything else like that. Again, that's just the wishful thinking of wanting more time for more story. Mm-hmm. Flat out darkness mm-hmm. when when you're put in that corner. Boom. That's what we had listed for goods inside of this episode. What did you think was good inside this episode of Friday the 13th, Season 1, Episode 16, Tattoo? Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click anywhere on the right-hand side of the page, fill out the quick web form, and tell us what you thought was good. <laughs> 
And just like there are goods inside of every episode of Friday the 13th, the series, there are also some moments that definitely need some polish. Let's take a look at the points that needed polish. Pace. Oi. I have to admit to you, there were a couple of points where I was falling asleep inside this episode. Oh, well. I, I was I was trying to determine whether or not it was my, my uh, I got a couple bags of chips <laughs> that I imbibed before we watched this. And you I thought maybe. Full belly syndrome? Yeah, I, that, thought, I thought maybe. But then I realized, unfortunately, especially towards half point of the episode, it was pace. And that's the thing. The pacing of this episode is so sluggish. Yeah. Yet at the end, they finally get the pacing right. Yeah. But it's, the, it's literally the last. 10 minutes out of 44 minutes. Yeah. Uh, come on, guys. Yeah. I And I, I desperately wanted to see... It's not that I want, okay, now, 100 miles an hour. That's not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for even just a gradual buildup. Right. And I think the reason you don't get that is because Tommy is really, from the beginning of the episode, he's on his last rope. Yeah. And so there's not another gear to ascend to, even when they do assert the next gear. It's not into a next gear. You just finally look around you and you realize, oh, holy shit, we're going 100 miles an hour. Yeah. That if there was a big giant detractor inside the episode, that's the detractor, I think. Definitely. And sadly, pacing can kill oh, a yeah. really great concept for a show. And it definitely hurt this episode. The Cursed Items Mechanics. There have been times during some of our reviews where I personally will nitpick at the items, whether it's good nitpicking or bad nitpicking. Sometimes the cursed objects just don't make sense. And in this episode, it, I don't want to say it didn't make sense. It just seemed kind of vague. I mean, let's, let's say that this wasn't a, an episode where people were gambling. But you still have these tattoo needles to where when you put these tat a tattoo on somebody, the thing comes to life, kills that person, and you're given good luck, good fortune, a happy day. I, I don't know. If you're not gambling, what are you doing? You know, how, how if you're not do doing games of chance where you need luck on your side, how is this a dangerous item if it's not just used for this? So it seems like it's very generalized, even though it's very vague. And it, it, it kind of got to me. Right. You know, you know? I, something that we posited inside of some of the preamble inside the episode was if I was a race car driver. Mm, yeah. Okay. So I tattoo, I, I, I tattoo an asp on somebody's torso and the asp kills them and now I'm going to win my next race. Okay. I can kind of work with that. Yeah, I, 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 I think I think maybe what happened here, you have the combination of us not being familiar with the game other than they're playing a game and we understand that they win or they lose. I mean, we get that part. Oh, yeah. But I, I have to tell you, I thought that the box was whatever that dude was gambling with, like his box of dominoes like or they whatever. were the Yeah, like they were accursed dominoes Something. that he was using to play to have the luck and yeah. then he'd have to kill somebody else. That would make more sense. Putting a tattoo on somebody to get luck, it seems like they don't really fit together. I, I don't know. And, and I think it has something to do with the fact that Chinese culture does have tattooing in it. So maybe, and this again, this may be a, a case of the writers not having a full grasp of 
Chinese culture. And they were like, ah, tattooing and gambling. Yeah, that's what the Chinese people do. And and that's how they wrote it. Mm. We, you just had a better idea for a cursed object. Yeah. Is cursed Chinese dominoes to get your to use. Right. And you just, maybe you kill somebody and put the blood on the box or something like that. Who knows? I, see, I think that's a piece of my frustration here, too, is that when I think of tattoos, that's something else that we really... We didn't talk about this either, but we should, mm. is that the concept of tattoos back in the 80s is much different than it is today. Well, yeah. Inside of, we don't usually then, date our episodes, but it's 2019. But I'm talking about completely different culture mm -hmm. than it was back in the 80s. Back in the 80s, you had maybe several shops inside of large towns that were not really the the place you'd have everybody walk into to get a, a tattoo of their kid's name on your forearm. Well, right. Most tattoo parlors back then were known for either bikers, yeah. sailors, it, things like it that. It was something specifically more sordid back then where, if in fact, if you saw a lady with a tattoo on their arm, you'd think, oh, okay. Well, she's she she's must an be opium one of whore. opium whores. <laughs> or something akin to that. Uh, whereas today, it's much more acceptable to have, really, any amount of tattoos you can think of. Well, when I heard that, okay, ta tattoo, really, wow. And my mind goes in a thousand different directions. Is it, is it going to be the actual tattoos? Like, the artist is actually somehow the cursed person. And so every tattoo that they make, because of the, tat the, the wand, tattoo wand, whatever it's called, that's what we got here is the, the, the actual needles on the implement that they're making the line drawings with. That's, that's what's cursed. And it felt like somehow that was missing. Like, I, I didn't get the join of the tattoo equals blah. Right, yeah. No, no. And Agreed. I was looking for something much thicker with that, and we didn't get that. Blow dart, last minute rescue. Now my co-host will make you of believe. Of course you're going to pile it in on That's me. That's right. My co-host will make you believe <laughs> that Jack, using the sacred healing needle that Tommy's grandfather gave him just before he left to go and rescue everybody, using that and turning that into a blow dart to kill the snake that is about to kill Tommy's sister is a ding. And that's why it's here. In the needs polish section. I don't consider it a ding. It's stupid. <sighs> Here's, look, hear me out. Here's the reason it's stupid. We can have Jack Marshak, who somehow manufactures a, a, a proficient blowgun out of a straw inside of a Chinese restaurant. Okay. Or the snake bites her. Peril, peril, peril. But wait, they have the healing needle. And they do something with the needle, whether it's they draw another tattoo or a smiley face or just stick her with it or something. It's the healing needle, dumbass. You don't it, have to do an, anything but an use the needle. It's an healing needle that's not cursed or blessed. It's just a relic from time gone by. Right. Now, the thing and I is. Think, I think trying to shoot a moving snake on the body, no slowly less. Slowly moving snake. On the body, no less, of someone that doesn't need a needle to to puncture her. See, that's why it makes sense. If even if they miss, what well, still would have worked, right? So why not just go to that? Why not, why not just? Go why to, do you think it would have worked? Because it's the healing needle. No, never was it ever said that it has 
magical healing properties. It was said that it is ancient, been in our family for generations, and I want to give this to you for luck. That's it. So she gets hit with the needle. That snake's still going to bite her. She's going to die. Tommy lives because he's got the luck. And sad day for everybody. How do you kill the snake? How do you kill a snake when all you have is a ancient Chinese needle and a straw? Brian grabs a pair of chopsticks that are on the table appropriately next to the sister and grabs the snake by the head with the Daniel-san style ah. and, and, whips the, and whips the snake away like he does after it's been shot anyway. Did you note that? Well, well, yeah, it's dead, so he just knocks it off. He doesn't. He picks it up and throws it. Well, yeah, like, because it's dead. He could have done that anyway. It was moving away slowly. What if it would have struck him? Oh, wait. We have the healing needle in our hand. Again, you keep on thinking that this healing needle is magic, and it's not. If it wasn't magic, why do they care that the grandfather brings it by? Why does the grandfather think it's terribly appropriate for them to have it? Because it's not magic? Because the script said so. Personally speaking, <laughs> get rid of the healing needle completely. Yes. I'm, I'm not yes. defending the healing needle, but the fact that we have the healing needle and we have a straw makes perfect sense to me that that is how Jack Marshak is going to take out a deadly snake. <laughs> We're just on two sides of the table appropriately we are. on that. We at least agree that and- if we take away the Healy Needle <laughs> completely out of the story, that it means we have to come up with a better idea of how this snake gets killed. Right. Okay. And, and I think that we could if we had enough time. If we had and, time, and, if we and, wanted, and to, if we wanted to let to write people, it, we would do it. We don't have time. For we're that. not going to do that. What we are going to do that to our, our audience. What we are going to do though is we're going to let the audience decide. The audience will tell us whether or not the blow dart was a good idea or a bad idea. How about that? Go over to our website over at curiousgoodspodcast.com and tell us why Nick is wrong. Or you can go over <laughs> to curiousgoodpodcast.com and tell me why you would believe. Mike would think that the ancient needle has magic powers when nobody said it did. It's time to take a break here during the Curious Kids podcast, a focus on season one, episode 16, Tattoo. We'll be right back. Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. Editing podcasts can be, ugh, rough. Everyone knows that you'll spend at least double the time you use creating the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control freak factor and the gotta get it right the first time. Well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content, and they're ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time. To make your podcast soar, editorcore.com. That's editorcore.com. Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can. With perpetual advertising, here's how it works. 
Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even if your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment, real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors. Everyone, welcome back to the Curious Goods Podcast, a retelling, a revisit, and always educational detailing of each episode of Friday the 13th, the series. This time it's season one, episode 16, Tattoo. Every time we come back from break, it's time to talk about our manifest moments. It's our listing of awesome pieces parts, whether it be an actress portrayal, a storytelling detail, or something else that tripped our collective review night fantastic inside this episode. Nick, what do you got? Well, something noteworthy that I would put in my manifest moment for this episode would be the acting legitimacy of Kai Luke, who played Grandpa Lum Chen. Most children of the 80s would know Mr. Luke as the shop owner from the movie Gremlins. It seemed to me like for this episode, uh, I was like, all right, well, let's see. We can only get one like real Chinese actor. Who do we want? <laughs> And we flip through the page. It was like, ooh, let's get Grandpa from from Gremlins. And then what are we going to have him play? We're going to have him play Grandpa. And technically speaking, the character really doesn't do anything except for hammer home the cultural differences between Eastern and Western cultures. Mm -hmm. Until the end, when our heroes finally reach Grandpa and say, hey, your grandson is about to commit murder. Well, technically, he's about to commit murder again, but uh, you, you have to put tradition aside and let us help you help your family. I felt his role towards the end of the episode really sold everything for me. So, yes, my my manifest moment is filled with the great late Kai Luke. That's a good one. And I'm glad that you mentioned what he had been in previously, because he has a magnanimous listing oh, yeah. of acting portrayals. I did not know, however, that he's been dead as long as he has been dead. Mm, yeah. Died in nineteen ninety one at the age of eighty six. Well. I didn't I didn't know that. That's very interesting. There's also a portrayal of him in two thousand twelve, which I did not know about either. Must be inside of a video short of some kind that mm. he appeared in. Very, very cool. My manifest moment inside this episode has got to be showcasing a handgun. Of the things that you thought you would probably never see inside of a dedicated Chinese-based episode of anything, I don't know that I would have placed one Russian roulette and the showcasing of Russian roulette in general mm -hmm. inside of an episode that is solely dedicated and overswathed with thick, rich Chinese culture. So it's definitely something that stands out inside the episode. Yeah, 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 uh, definitely. I, I also like that 
I like it when handguns are shown, but I like it even more when handguns in particular are shown as are the consequences. Mm-hmm. And inside of this one, it doesn't get more consequential than bang, you're dead right, because you're right. an idiot and put the gun to your head and pulled the trigger. <laughs> and so it's it, it's black and white. It's it, There is no curiosity. There is no, boy, I wish I could do that. Or, boy, did that look so sexy. There's nothing of that. Bang, you're dead. It, it It's very straightforward. Right. And it is one of the tenets of handgun handling is that when you have a handgun, regardless of whether you think it's loaded or not, one, you always consider that every gun you ever handle is loaded. But more importantly, number two, whatever you're pointing the gun at, you have to be always willing to destroy it. And if you can't, then you should not be pointing a gun at it. It's never been more plain than inside this episode. Obviously, if you don't want your head blown off, you probably don't want to point a gun at it. Right. So that's my excellent manifest moment inside this episode. That's where we ask you guys, what did you think was your manifest moment inside this episode? Season 1, episode 16, Tattoo. Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click anywhere on the right-hand side of the page. Fill out that quick web form and tell us what you think. Vocabulary. It's time for vocabulary, and this episode is filled with a couple that we definitely need to provide attention to. The first one, thanks to our friends over at visualthesaurus.com, is Lone Shark. I really enjoyed the greasy veneer that was showcased inside of this episode for our Lone Shark friend, Chinese Harvey Keitel. And, you know, I thankfully have never needed to negotiate with a Lone Shark. (laughs) Well, yeah. But I've heard stories of them and then seen what I've seen inside of feature films and television forever. Mm -hmm. And I know that it's not a place I know I would ever want to be. Right. Because for every bad loan that I have had, a lot, inside of my life, (laughs) what I've never had is the dangling carrot of, and if you don't do it, I'm going to chop off your thumbs, or I'm going to break both of your legs, or I'm going to murder your son, or whatever it would be that is the, the dangling chat of responsibility that if you don't fulfill, then blah. And, and so it's a, it's a, it's a powerful word. Uh, that has lots and lots of connotation. Visualthesaurus.com defines a loan shark as someone who lends money at excessive rates of interest. That's a very kind definition. Oh, yes. It doesn't include any of the negative connotations that we've previously talked about. <laughs> Included in the other words that can be used for loan shark are money lender, usurer, which is someone who, again, lends money at excessive rates of interest, or Shylock, a very interesting set of words to be sure. And then our second entry for this episode. Opium Den. Again, thanks to our friends at visualthesaurus.com, who I know would never have thought they'd have a recommendation and reference to the word opium den inside of their gratuitous offerings. But lo and behold, here it is. And it's listed as a building where opium is sold and used. Also, a structure that has a roof and walls and stands more or less permanently in one place. But yeah, Opium Den, another great reference for inside of this episode that really does conjure all kinds of imagery, regardless of whether the imagery is appropriate, not appropriate, or real. Hmm. That's where we ask you guys, what vocabulary did you recognize inside this episode? Remember, you can go and watch the episode via the link that we've got on our website, or you can buy the whole series also via the link over at our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. 
Ah, the rating for this episode of Friday the 13th, the series during the Curious Goods podcast, our revisit, a retelling, and educational detailing of season one, episode 16, Tattoo. The scale works thusly. A 10 is on top of the heap. A seductive opium whore waiting with loins for you. A one is on the bottom of the bin. A murderous brother with an absolute thirst for gambling and chance. A seven is where everything starts as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick? There are no halvesies. Nick, what have you got? We've talked about it during the episode. There was a lot of pacing problems here, which made the first half, if not three-fourths of this episode, kind of a almost a slog to get through. Uh, I was so, going to use that word. Well, That's it's, amazing. It's, it's, uh, uh, the saving graces are uh, some of the, the, the tattoos coming to life. Those were great. If you say blow dart, I'm going to vault the desk. You can vault the desk all you want. I love blow dart. Why are you calling me? Hashtag blow dart. Hashtag Jack Marshak <laughs> man of action. Uh, it didn't seem like this episode got its... Uh, ducks in a row until like the last 10 to 15 minutes and then it was and then it was a a very well-paced thrill ride to see what happens and 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 who dies who lives and who gets to collect the item with all of that i have to give this episode a six that's a very interesting call for this and it's a six because it was a five but then blow dart happened and (laughs) bumped it up to a six oh i see so that's how we're going to play this game. That is, that is right. Wilkerson, that is how I play. <laughs> how do you play with your blow dart? I don't play with my blow dart. It's important. I go blind. <laughs> this is such a very strange episode. I am a big fan of programs that convey and showcase other cultures that I am completely unfamiliar with. Mm-hmm. I will almost always find something that is always revered inside of something that gives me something like that. It's one of the reasons I really adored the Batman Begins feature film in general is because it did not just give us, hey, look, another dude in a black rubber suit, have a good one. Oh, yeah. And it bothered to splash on a bunch of different cultural things I would have never thought were somehow associated with Batman, okay. even though I know the lore of Batman. No. They, they were able to take that and use that as a, as a platform inside of, say, that feature film to give us something that you were totally unfamiliar with and even base what, the latter 15% of the film on what actually happens? Mm -hmm. And I adore that because it allows us to have something that we've never seen before and you get educated at the same time. I love it when that happens. That's exactly what didn't happen here. Right. You are shown something you're not familiar with and then there's not really any... I'm not looking for a detailed dummy's explanation of what we're looking at, but I at least want to know what it is we're looking at. Mm Mm-hmm. And there's several points where I didn't understand what I was witnessing inside of it. When you throw on top the slog of pace problems and wanting to paint Tommy as a, a frantic, addicted gambler that eventually finds an out, the sad reality, though, is that it just makes him a murderer. Mm-hmm. It's not an out for anything. Oh, the I think the only the saving grace of this whole thing might be that there is a tiny little bit of Peter Parker principle inside of Tommy's story, i.e., all right, here's a little win for Tommy. Oh, 
but we're going to get piled on again because that's the way that Tommy is written and lives. And here's a little win for Tommy. Up, oh, but wait on. Hold on a second. We're going to pile on Tommy some more. There is there is definitive value in that, but you've got none of that inside this episode. Mm. There's there is no up for Tommy in here, especially after he ties his sister to the table and tattoos her. Right. Okay. Well, oh, yeah. nothing good. No thanks. You gave this a six. And I won't bother to chuck it down more because I'm an ass like my co-host. I give this episode a five. That's where we ask you guys, what did you think of this episode, season one, episode 16, Tattoo? Let us know what you think by going over to our website. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. Click anywhere on the right-hand side of the page, fill out the quick web form, and tell us what you think. So until the next time you find yourself inside of a strange, unknown, ornate Chinese gambling game, uh, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Blow dart! (laughs) We'll see you next time. Maybe. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of the Curious Goods Podcast. We are always interested in learning what you remember about these enchanted items and their tales of reacquisition. Connect with us immediately at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com to share your treasured information. Until the next artifact reveals itself, the vault is now closed. Let's let's talk about them now. And begin. Kakapui. Let's take a look at the points that need to polish. That's what I was. I, okay. The peas were giving me. P- 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 paka paka paka. Per- perpendicular. Kakapui. <laughs>